Alright everyone, before we get started, just want to say thank you for listening, but also want to let you know that the Uncommon Gem podcast is an adult content show, meaning we might say explicit words or describe things in explicit nature. We also like to inform you that we are not paid or sponsored by the donation or charity of service today. We just like to bring attention to good causes and try to help out people in the world. Thanks so much for tuning in, and let's get on with the show. What up, what up, what up, everyone? Episode three of the Uncommon Gem Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Kevin Estevez. I am the host of this said podcast. Thank you so much to Boy Brooks for that music. You can check him out on Spotify, Bandcamp, hit him up on Instagram. Great work he does. And once again, thank you to Lawrence Benali for the cover art. Real amazing stuff that he does too. You can also check him out on Instagram. Wow, episode three. Things are moving quick here on the Uncommon Gem podcast. I'm liking it, though. We're, we're picking up pace, and it's, it's a fun learning process for me. It's fun interviewing these people, and it's, it's been fun getting the word out on some things, some good things. Things are picking up here on the podcast, so much so that uh, I never would have thought to interview a band so soon. But yeah, we're, we're interviewing a band today, and this is going to be a fun little talk with these guys. They're coming out from Colorado right now. That's where they perform. That's where they're recording a lot of their music. They're going to have sounds of psychedelic rock, little folk music, little country, some twang in the guitar. So today we are interviewing the band Old 40. Guys, how's it going? Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys for joining. <laughs> we have with this band Zach on lead vocals and rhythm guitar. Hello, Mom. We got Jackson on lead guitar and backup vocals. That's me. We got Steven on bass and backup vocals. Oh, hey. And we also have Nate on drums and also backup vocals. Hello. And hello to my family. You said I'd never make it, but here I am on the Uncommon Gems podcast. So <laughs> screw you. <laughs> We're so Proving proud, Nate. <laughs> I'm on all a podcast. This is about. I really want to be a veterinarian. <laughs> Awesome. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining. So yeah, let's let's talk about you guys for a bit. So I know some of you guys are from California, some of you are from Colorado. How how did we get together? How did this Avengers team come come about? So two of us superheroes, as you so aptly <laughs> called us, are uh, from Truckee, California. We're from the mountains. Uh, we're not, you know, from the sand with all that nonsense that people think of California. We came out here to play some rock and roll, and we met Nate on Craigslist, and we met Steven at an open mic. So that's Jackson and Zach. We both came out from California. Yeah, we moved out here after playing around Tahoe for a little bit of time, and then we decided let's move to the big city and play some rock and roll. And big city so dreams. Here we are. Big city dreams, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> from the sand to the gutter, as they say in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, awesome. That's awesome, man. Uh, so, what has that process been like? I, I can imagine moving to a new area, but also like finding a drummer on Craigslist. That's that must be a different process that you're probably used to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a blessing because we put out an ad on Craigslist probably the first week or so we moved in, and we met Nate, and it was just like instant friends, and he's a good drummer too, so that definitely helped. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so. So uh, after we found him on the internet, 
we were going and we were playing open mics and stuff around Denver to try and find a bassist. And then we saw Steven up there just and ripping it. When Steven was playing, I remember standing in the crowd with Zach and Steven's elevated, you know, playing with this band, just killing it. And Zach turns to me and he goes, I want him. I, yeah. I want him. <laughs> and I looked him dead in the eyes and said, I want that. And so we talked to Steven and uh, played at his house until 3 a.m. that yeah. night. Just yeah. jammed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. well, then we had a show coming up at a local venue here, too, kind of our debut in Denver. And one mm-hmm. of the bases that we had dropped out at the last second, like didn't show up to practice. Stole so we base. spent the whole afternoon, the day of the show, practicing with Steven. And we got everything polished and tight. And the rest is history, really. Mm-hmm. You know what? And it sucks for that basis because now you guys are killing it out there. You're still doing some shows in the COVID <laughs> time. Tell me about that. What's that like performing kind of with a pandemic going on? Well, it's weird because like, Unless you're playing jazz or classical music, um, when you're playing to a sitting crowd, it's kind of like awkward. Yeah, even beyond awkward, because you know we need the energy reciprocation of like the mm-hmm. fans getting into it, and then it gives us more energy, which gives perpetuates itself. Positive but like feedback loop right there. Yeah, yeah. So we're just sitting out there looking out, and it's just like, how's everyone feeling tonight? And just a bunch of people sitting at tables. You know? <laughs> and I think the biggest crowd was like well, like seventy people, but half of them were outside yeah. on like picnic tables because they've been blocking off roads and stuff. In some in front of some places, so yeah, it's definitely awkward and not as energetic as you would you would hope. Singing with masks too that took a while to get used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. It's pretty muffled. I get sweaty. Yeah, very sweaty, <laughs> very we, moist. We did a, a few uh, practices with masks leading up to the shows. To- see, that's that's dedication right there. That's that's what you want to see out of a band. You know, they're, they're dedicated to the craft. They're trying to give you the best show that they can. It's all for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the many fans. So yeah, we should mention that you guys just recently recorded an album, and you also released it on March 4th. It's titled To Spite It All. You mind telling us a little bit about that process, about what it went into recording the album? We did record an album, and we have been, or Steven has been mixing the hell out of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, I owe him my left nut for all of this. I mean, it's, <laughs> he just basically learned a new program to... Uh, spend hours at his desk and mix it and we sent it to a lot of people and you know we sent it to you and yeah. you liked it yeah yeah so we went up to uh we went up to a studio at boulder and we were all pretty much fun employed and we got un- that uncle sam stimmy money and now they've been <laughs> invested in gamestop or dogecoin we decided <laughs> to put it all into making an album so we went up there and recorded for well probably three or four days got all the tracks down and everything and then we ran out of Uncle Sam's money. So we decided to go and mix and uh, not produce, but mix and master it all ourselves. But it was a really fun time just going up there, um, hanging out, playing music. Before we even got into Boulder, we practiced with a click track uh, for probably like a month. So that way when we got there, it was just boom, we're going in and getting it done. So that was a very productive and a good, good practice tool. But Anyway, so we got that done, and now we've been doing all the fun stuff, like ordering CDs and taking album photos and sending it off. So yeah, it's been a really fun time. Good process. This is out now. You guys released it on March 4th. It's now, you can check it out on Spotify, you know, where where else can people find it? iTunes. iTunes. Amazon Music should be on there. Old40band.com. Ah. Uh, you go there and it'll have every link for you. 
website. <laughs> no matter what. No matter what. Also, yeah, actually, go to that website because uh, I was checking out some of your YouTube videos before the show because I've never seen you guys live. I've only heard your music, so check out some of their concerts. In the pandemic time, you can you can have fun anywhere, even in your home. Yeah. <laughs> True, yeah. Grab a bottle of whiskey, your dog, and get down. That's really all it, all it takes. <laughs> no bullshit. I legitimately cracked open a beer while I was watching you guys perform on YouTube. That, oh, like, is no that's bullshit. what we need. That's a good feeling. Bartenders yeah. love us for that exact reason. Sell <laughs> <laughs> a lot of whiskey. <laughs> it just fell right. It just fell right. Cool. So, yeah, the Uncommon Gem podcast, we, we dedicate some time to bring attention to a donation or a charity. And uh, we ask each guest that we interview to uh, talk about a donation and charity service that they feel should get some attention. So, guys, do you mind telling us uh, what we're going to be talking about for donations today? I wound up picking Planned Parenthood because I do a monthly donation to them under the name of Mike Pence. <laughs> really uh, yeah it was a thing that went around a while ago though so. oh okay yeah <laughs> but yeah um i do the the monthly donation to them and they send me a newsletter like reassuring me of like this is what good it did for this month they they had a lot of like social awareness feminist awareness and stuff when um rbg died and sent me some stuff there too but they uh they, they do a really good job of just making sure that people can like get protection if they need it they help people like actually plan parenthood plan parenthood's local partners in 10 countries serve more than 725,000 individuals and so i i think it's a really worthy cause i don't i don't know why anyone would oppose it i've had a few friends too who've had like close run-ins with stuff be it an abortion or just that they need um, to get tested or something and they didn't have the money for it and Planned Parenthood helped them out in a time that they didn't have insurance or uh, were just short on money in general. So I think it's a really good cause for people to, to give to. I think it's something that all of us like as a band also really care about. We're all very into, I mean, we all care about women's rights very much. So, and I think that was when Nate <clears throat> brought that up about how he donates to them every month. I think we all just immediately said, yes, that's, you know, that's something that we can all really get down with. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, like you guys said, like women's rights, especially, you know, in these times, 2021, a lot has been brought to our attention. Uh, and after a pandemic too, like a lot of people are looking for help. And we should mention that they offer a lot of online services. So you can, you can mm -hmm. actually get education through these people. They teach classes about sex ed, um, abortion, preventive care, like very much aid women's health and also men's health. It's not just women's, but the, the education's out there so much as you want to seek it. And they're really easy to set an appointment on their website too. Um, I was actually checking it out just for curiosity's sake. And out of like the 15 sites in New York alone, like you can make an appointment within the next two hours easily. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, went, I, I went with my friend to a Planned Parenthood Center a while back just for like moral support. And I remember it was like a Saturday and they were, they were booked heavy. And she was like, you know, I don't know if I have time for this. And they totally like worked with her and helped her out. Obviously it's a very old, old organization. Like this is hundreds of years ago that they started, or sorry, a hundred years ago, they started it. And you know, those times are different. Those times are different. A lot of people are saying some wrong stuff. So they actually have articles like, not only like challenging what was said about their like founders and like those beliefs, but they try to fix that, the damage that they have done. Good old fundamental Christianity. 
<laughs> it's also a very global thing. They're out in Kenya. They're out in Nicaragua. They're out in Senegal. They 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 have many places to give aid to many people and kids, which is yeah. real important. Yeah, they do span like across the globe, which is something that I don't think a lot of people realize. I feel like it seems like it's more of a United States kind of thing, but yeah, they're definitely international. As we mentioned, there's abortion services. They also like offer birth control. LGBTQ communities are very much welcome in the Planned Parenthood services too. So they're they're looking out for a big source of people. Yeah, it's more service to communities than anything, which is always the the best route. Yeah, so thank you so much for bringing that to our attention, guys. So you go to PlannedParenthood.org. They also have an app. Definitely check out the app. But all of this information will be in our bio. We'll also post it to our Twitter and Instagram, as always. So um, we're not sponsored by Planned Parenthood, but as we said, it's just nice to get the word out on some causes and actions that people can get involved in and people can help other people out. Yeah, check it out. Perfect. So now uh, we're going to go into your guys' Uncommon Gem. So would you guys please tell us uh, what you end up choosing for today's Uncommon Gem? Uh, we picked the art of songwriting. That would be that'd be the, the Uncommon Gem that the four of us have in common. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, as musicians, I, I could see why, you know, like you guys are all dedicated to your craft. And as, as band members, especially... Hearing the story, how you came together, I could see that process, you know, in your music, how important that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the one of the my favorite things about this band is that when we write music, it's very much a group effort uh, on a lot of the songs. It's not by any means somebody comes in and is like, "This is how we're going to do it." There's always room to expand and work on it, uh, which is something that I really, really enjoy, as opposed to you know having one guy in there who thinks he's the bees knees the world yeah (laughs) we'll refuse any other input from anyone uh it's just nice to have in a band it's a good dynamic yeah i think that when you're saying there's like the guy who tells everyone what to do i think we've all been in that band at some point Mm -hmm. it's and it it is nice to have three other people who just want to collaborate with you on stuff yeah it's to the point where we've decided it's just any like songwriting credits just put all four of our names on it at this point like there's nothing that you can just say is one person song which is awesome even old ones we've taken we've uh revamped them and they sound completely different than when zach and i used to play them what like four or five years ago or something yeah Yeah, and now they just sound like a totally different song but it's you know it's because it's an old 40 song not a zach and jackson song exactly yeah yeah, we'll start songs like <clears throat> sometimes Jackson be like, hey, here's something actually I've been working on. It has like some lyrics or Zach throws lyrics he already has on something else. Or I'll come in and be like, what should be jamming? There's like a riff I just make up. And all of a sudden, that's, that's how Bomba Sharks came about. It was, yeah. I can't remember which one of us was, was missing. It was just three of us jamming. Zach was missing. And Zach was missing. It was back in Cali or something. And then all of a sudden, it was like, that was really cool. Let's do that thing we did last time. And so more often than I'm like, I forgot how I did that. <laughs> Jackson <laughs> yeah. will remember. And all of a sudden, it was like, and Zach's like, cool, I got, you know, just automatically throws lyrics on top. You know, it's no one's really, like I said, Jackson come with like 90% of a song. And then all of a sudden, like, we use like 15% of what he brought up front because we just keep adding more stuff into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a part of me is curious just because, you know, it always interests me about musicians. They, they all learn differently, they all come about it differently. So for you guys, is it 
that you actually write the lyrics or is it that you pick up an instrument and then you kind of piece it together that way? What, what way do you find occurs the most often? I mean, what what does kind of, I guess most more often than not Jackson brings something in or Zach brings something in. Yeah. When it comes to lyrics, I think Zach and I usually come in with the lyrics and mine normally come from me playing uh, guitar since that's just where my mind goes. So I start with something guitar related and then I'll come up with, a melody and even sometimes I'll come up with syllables that flow well with the melody and then that turns into a sentence that turns into an idea and then that's how I write a song sometimes but Zach comes up with lyrics just on his own and he'll come up yeah how, how do you do it I yeah, mean, normally I'll just like be hanging around and lyrics will just kind of pop into my head and I'll write them down and then start going with the concept from there and then normally after I have that I'll come to Jackson and I'm like I have these lyrics here, sad or happy or whatever the feeling of the song is, then he'll grab his guitar and then the two of us will kind of work it together. And then once we have like a rough skeleton of it with lyrics and basic chords and structure, then we take it to these guys and they really uh, put the polish on it and bring it all together. And that's not even all, that's just like a few of them. What kind of emotions, what kind of feelings does that songwriting bring? Especially like when you you guys piece it together as a band, because I'm sure, you know, Music could come from a very harmful place. Music can come from a very peaceful place. But as a collaborative unit, you know, you guys are each kind of throwing some pieces into the puzzle. How does that make you guys feel? I mean, so personally, I, I love how it's, we all have different influences musically. So everything gets blended together well at the end of it. I don't know really how that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got so Zach. Zach's favorite band is Marshall Tucker Band. Woo! My favorite band is Nine Inch Nails. Uh, Steven's favorite band is Ween, and uh, Jackson's favorite would be either Stevie Ray Vaughan or, or Tedeschi Trucks. Uh, Tedeschi Trucks band probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's 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 coming from pretty different angles. And then somebody will write something, and someone else will have an idea that no one else thought of because their influences are going to be a little different. And it just fits way better than you would have, like any of your initial ideas would have been. Someone else's idea is always going to like flow really well with the song. And I think it's why, that's why it's so hard for us to put a label on our genre. You know, we say mm-hmm. like psychedelic <clears throat> Southern rock, but really it, it takes me a couple of stumbling sentences to actually explain to somebody what we play. <laughs> because of all these different influences. Yeah, there'll be times where Zach or Jackson would bring in a song, and as a bass player, I'm like, like not in a bad way, but I'm like, oh, I'm bored. Like, it's just because <laughs> there's like they come up with these songs, like, like these chords and these lyrics, but I'm like, man, like I gotta, we gotta shake it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, hey, what if this time we do this little thing here? You know, and just because you know, I, I like jazz a lot too. I come, you know, from a very vast music background just different stuff you know if, if it slaps it slaps that's my motto hey uh, hey i respect that one you know i mean it's like With, i was believe to, gandhi said that i, I can go from hip-hop to like <laughs> right yeah actually that's where it did come from yeah. you know it i mean slaps, it slaps. gandhi exactly it, it's not too late for old 40 merch so you know if it slaps it slaps can definitely go on a t-shirt <laughs> and a hoodie. yeah that's I, an idea that's actually that's a zach joke that's like that's actually right on par <laughs> Just a picture of Gandhi with aviators on. <laughs> and, and headphones, like, headphones like just jamming. Slap, slap, Yeah, you know, it's just like breaking up the monotony. So it's, you know, it's not saying too, not getting like putting ourselves into a corner mm-hmm. and giving ourselves, because I feel like I want to be the kind of musician that can play my first album when I'm 50. You know, Bob Weir figured that out real quick. Oh, 
you know it's just like be able to play that stuff like so we, we can still evolve as musicians but like we still enjoy the stuff we're putting out like literally for the first album we all made different lists of like okay what songs do we want on our first album we have so much to pick from that it's not just we're not writing album to album either like we have like six albums worth of material probably right now yeah, we have a yeah. catalog of probably 60 plus originals right now no it's mm-hmm. 55 right didn't we count the other 58. day 58 58 58 oh, okay yeah. folks we got a lot of albums coming on the way that's what i'm hearing i know like <laughs> seriously like, wait w- once we put out once i finished the artwork for the first one nate's like i can't wait for the second one i'm like oh it's so easy for everyone else to say but i'm in, it, we're also in the same mentality i'm like dude i'm so done with this right now like, i i'm seriously done listening to this album let's move on and you know like yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody give us money yeah money please yeah i know bands like i, I got a couple friends that are in bands and they dropped like three albums in two years and no one really even like heard the first album by the time they dropped their second one it's all kind of like same yeah. kind of jam music kind of stuff it's like they're not pacing themselves and i feel some musicians maybe they have one or two worth of like creativity you know and then they kind of burn out and like either they're not hungry anymore or they're just like they kind of just hit a hit a peak you know because they're, they're mm-hmm. saying they painted themselves into a corner and it's like okay well this guy's famous we gotta keep going for this or like this is what was working it's like we didn't we never had the issue no, nothing not works almost mm-hmm. like it's just hey man this is cool <laughs> so, we'll, so far we'll, yeah. we'll release it and we'll see what people think yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey we like it so that's all it counts at the end of the day right yeah. hey i mean if you guys don't like the music then what's it worth but you know you guys clearly do like it listening to the album especially the banana song i mean that's just a fun song <laughs> <man>. <laughs> You can really tell that not only that you guys have fun making it, but it came from a good place and everyone was on board with that energy, you know? Yeah, at, uh, at all of our live shows, our banana song is one that's pretty much everybody's favorite, no matter what, because it's easy to remember and the melody is super catchy. But it's always a little weird when you meet people up in public later and they're like, yo, man, that song about bananas is <laughs> <laughs> it's like, stuck in my head. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. Like we have, we have like an hour, at least of other songs we played too. Like, yeah. like that one other one, not banana. Not banana, which is awesome. That's what kind of like solidified me the man. It's like, you know, like Nate said, I love ween. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, if you guys are down to do some nonsensical like bullshit, I'm in like a hundred percent. As long as you make it sound good, be, you know, just do what you want. That, that's what I like about the album, um, especially because pacing is so important for music. But this album, I literally like listened to every single ta- uh, track and it just flowed seamlessly. And the slow songs definitely led into the bigger pickup songs just so like effortlessly. Like it was a perfect listen through. Well, thank you, because we actually did spend a decent amount of time on putting together the very like not last minute, but 90 percent almost through the process. We decided to flip to the songs around. Mm-hmm. You know, and it definitely yeah. was like we were, we thought we had it, you know, set. But again, that kind of ties back into our creative process of we don't really set anything in stone. We like to like even the last minute. Hey, man, we've been playing this song for the same way for six months. Like, yeah, but I thought about something else the other day. And I think it really, you know, make it. And no one's like, no, no, that's all. That's all the song goes. It's my song. You're gonna come into my house. So you had mentioned jazz music. And the thing I like about jazz music is that, especially when it's live, a lot of it is improv. So they'll start with the horns, and then the drums will kind of pick up a little bit, and then it's off to the other horns, off to the other bass guitar, and after that, it's just a perfect melody. I wonder for you guys, is there ever like a time that you were just all in the studio, and then it's just like, not so much that you wrote down the music, you're all just jamming. The next thing you know, you had a song. Has that ever occurred, or is that, that earlier? Yeah, we did that today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We did, pretty much almost every time we practice, we like to warm up with something. 
and that just turns into some like 15 minute long jam and at the end of it it sounds almost polished sometimes and you know if we like it we work on it if we don't then we're like well that was cool bye bye jam we rented out a, a cabin in not aspen it was carbondale yeah carbondale 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 that was still in carbondale that was in carbondale yeah because yeah, I, I played there before because we walked into the bar and it says here's the memorial to all the coal miners yeah that's all Car- <laughs> no because carbondale is all the coal miners and all the rich people moved in the aspen that's anyways, why everyone anyways, anyways. Carbondale. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we, we rented out a cabin in carbondale for three days four days and we came out of there with like eight new songs because we just we just jammed for a while yeah. so yeah we're building a space opera that's where like <laughs> yeah, the third night in it was like i don't know like we had just getting like wasted every day and like just part of like oh we got a cabin and you know just <laughs> having fun with it and then like the third day i think it was like the day we kind of like spent the most the longest amount of time actually playing and it started off a little serious and then we kind of ran a material and i had this little loop pedal with a bunch of recordings Oh, I was messing with silly. over the years and just oh. I'm like, hey, you know, we got some downtime. We're all kind of tapped out. But then we came across this one. It was like this, this is arpeggiated thing. It just sounded like a Japanese anime yeah. video game for like eight year olds. And it was just like <laughs> it's just this, you know, pre-recorded thing that had stock on it. And Zach just starts riffing over it. And it was just like the silliest thing. And it's like, but throughout the whole day, Zach, if you would riff, it'd be space related. It didn't matter what it was. <laughs> it was space pirates. You know, me, like there's another song I had from like a year ago and me and Jax were playing with it. And Zach's just like space pirates. And then something, else, something else about space. And then he's, we started building, we, we had this thing where we just take inside jokes and we just beat it till they're flat. <laughs> and especially Zach more, more than any of us. And he, he just built this them. world. And eventually I was like, oh, well, we're just going to keep doing this. Let's build a space opera. And it just became like this inside joke amongst ourselves. And now, now it's definitely like, I think third or fourth album, we're going to do a, a space <laughs> opera themed. It's, it's nonsense school plot line, but it's all, <laughs> should we do a call? <laughs> Ensign Rajanod Stargile. <laughs> First officer, Bezos McGillicuddy. Admiral Florence Parnassus. <laughs> I'm Captain Roger Shittenstein. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, anyways, anyway, that's the space we album, think we're funny. Yeah. This is this is going to be the Arena Tour album. I hope you guys know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. so from, Elfin, from the Elephant oh. Walk to, to Arena Rock, the old 40s story. <laughs> This one's gonna be the most ticket seller for you guys. <laughs> Dude, it's gonna be um it's basically when the Beatles went Sgt. Pepper, you know what I mean? It's like we get too big for our britches, gotta change our names and like try <laughs> for our britches, yeah. yeah. Start making cartoon movies for no reason. Yes. <laughs> yes. He, he gets it, see? It's like, gonna go exactly the same as it went for the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> like we thought they were good musicians, but hey, we'll let them have this one. You know? Everybody gets one. Yeah. Oh, the, oh, they're having fun. We'll let them have fun, you know, as long as you keep pumping out the good music after yes folks uh stay tuned on spotify space opera music on the way from old 40. <laughs> which is so funny because half our you know catalog is like pedal steel and like kind of like folky songs anyway mm-hmm. so i love that transition that people are like oh i like that oh, yeah. oh. some some old couple comes in you know it's like oh yeah i can't wait to see this music and we just come out the bat with like some stupid rock opera about <laughs> space pirates and lithium <laughs> That's right. I forgot to mention I play pedal steel as well. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. So oh, yeah. the guitarist pedal steel back up. Lead pedal. Yeah. Lead pedal, yeah. Is that where most of the, the twang noise is coming in most of your guys' music? Is that the pedal steel in there? So there's no pedal steel on this album, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because I got it 
like a week before we recorded it and i wasn't good enough yet but now we have like six original songs or something mm-hmm. with it yeah it took him like two weeks to master it basically yeah that's uh, all i did have you guys listened to uh faye webster faye webster no all right well if you want to hear some sick ass pedal steel that that's the person you gotta check out faye webster i'm looking yeah. that up i like that you know with you guys also being musicians that you have have more stake in this kind of conversation but what what about songwriting do you feel sets apart from like other mediums you know like a lot of people can compare it to writing a script. A lot of people can compare it to, you know, directing a movie and the same kind of feeling. But as musicians, what, what do you uphold to it? So for me personally, I would say that it's just, um, it's always been a way for me to express myself in uh, a way that, you know, normally you can't. It's a way to really kind of get intimate and, you know, look at yourself and kind of just explore your emotions and release it as far as I'm concerned with my style. Um, that's really what I think would set it apart from like a movie or something else is just it's it's much more personal uh I feel because I mean every like a movie can be very passionate in a in a person's project but I I don't know songwriting has always been much more intimate uh, you're saying like the voice is a raw thing yeah and so when you just put the emotion into your voice it's directly it's from a to b you know from you to the listener whether whereas you know a movie or any other medium involves I don't know a lot of processing and yeah it, it's 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 still the same way to express yourself I think but it's it's not as personal like you said yeah, yeah. not as one one person to the other mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then for all of us as a band I think uh, I mean that's that's why I wanted to pick art of songwriting and that's why we all wanted to pick it is because it brought us together as people we started off as a band you know i play guitar zach sings nate plays drums steven plays bass and then we started writing songs together learning about each other and learning about things that are really important to each of us in like through songwriting and i think that really helped us become really good friends i mean i have def- i definitely have some memories of playing in salt lake where uh, you guys got a flat tire and we ended up uh showing up to the show not too stoked but it ended up being the coolest show we've ever played yeah. and with the songs that we all wrote together and it was kind of this way of uh you know taking a shitty situation and making it personal with each other yeah i think that was the first show that we played it original since nate and i joined yeah i think all, all the shows before that was me just playing the songs you guys had already written I don't think we played like any originals after mm-hmm. I joined up until that point. Now that I think about it, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say that when I was a when I was a kid and I was listening to music, it was just like top forty pop stuff. I was like, yeah, it's just what music is. It was just mm-hmm. like this thing I could just listen to sometimes and have fun with it. And then I I bought Abbey Road by the Beatles, and that just like changed my whole perspective. I was like, songwriting can be something that like reaches out. <clears throat> To somebody and like totally changes the way that they feel about something or their point of view about the world or even like you know someone who's going through like a really hard time mm-hmm. totally make them like comfort them for the moment and they can play it over and over and like movies can do that mm-hmm. too but you know that's like it's a two-hour movie you know you, you <laughs> can true. get a you can get a fix from your music in in three minutes or so uh, for, yeah for me it's just been like i don't know i felt like i when I was younger, the music just the only thing that made sense. And then as I got older, the more I, I listened to just as much music as I could, I was like, it's just 
makes sense. Like a lot of things don't make sense in the world, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's like how you interpret things makes it make sense or it makes sense to you. But with music, I just feel like it's universal. You know, it's like everyone gets it. Very few people don't like it. There's so much to do with it. But for me personally, when I was like writing my own stuff, I was like, I just feel like I have like really good ideas. I'm like, I don't know how to convey these ideas. I don't want to like go up and start screaming at people. Like, <laughs> hey, we're all one thing. And it's like the reality is just a bunch of vibrations coalescing into physical form, you know? It's Love like, each like, other. How Love do I, each I, other. Like, <laughs> shout like, like shaking people, you know? So it's like, how do you, how do you do that? You can't just go on a mountaintop and start screaming it. You know, it's, it's not like, like, you know, the ancient days before, you know, organized religion, but like, you know, I just feel like music just, it translates so well throughout time, you know, like people still listen to Beethoven and Bach and like people still have, we, we, it's like this root of a thing that's been moving since we just had bonfires and drums and like didgeridoos and all of a sudden like now it's nothing has really changed fundamentally. It's like, it's just like, you know, if it slaps, it slaps, you know, it's just, Gandhi. It's, yeah, Gandhi, Gandhi <laughs> figured it out, man. <laughs> And so it's like, it's, you know, so when I write stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm not really thinking about it too much. I'm like, okay, like I'm channeling, like I like what this is and then I'm just noodling around or something catches and I'm just like, no, I'm going to capture this. I'm going to, I'm going to push it out and make sure it's recorded and like, make sure it's there and like, and then build off of it. I'm like, I didn't write that. I didn't create this. I never felt like I've created anything. I was like, no, I'm just like this conduit. A lot of stuff, you know, when I was reading the tool and how they write their music, it's very like, no, it has to be like mathematically correct. It has all this stuff and it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But I was like, man, that's just some people i'm like I, I just don't approach it that way i've more just like hey it's like it feels good it's like an expression and capture that and it's like about finding that cross between what i like and what people like you know like, okay so i have this idea maybe it's a little too much you know maybe i need to water it down or maybe i need to spice it up a little bit and mm -hmm. maybe it's a little too repetitive and you know that's where the really songwriting comes in is like i you have this core of an idea and you just want to make it just shape enough where you don't destroy the integrity of it to make it passable or you know consumable you want it to keep its integrity, but also make it translatable to people, you know, and that's, that's tough. And a lot of people really don't find that enough because I don't think they're just aware of it. I think like, Hey, I made it. Is this good? Or you should like it. Or I'm going to make something that people like, and they just go into the beginning with that. And to me, it's like, it's like potato chips. It's like, it's, you know, it's okay to like that kind of stuff, but you can't make a sustainable diet from it. It's, it's mm -hmm. not sustainable. So you got to mix the good with the bad, but also you just keep everything in, in mm -hmm. front of your consciousness is, to what you're actually wanting to give to people and like how you're going to give it to them. Uh, the thing you said about tool too, like they, that's the, I think that's the most awesome part of songwriting is because that's how they approach it. It totally works. And then like the way that we approach it is going to be way different. And that works too. Yeah. Brian Jones time asker yeah. is like five guitar players on stage and no one's really doing any solos, but they just know how to control the sound of in the room. And that's their thing. You're not going to go to one of like, there's certain shows I've gone to. I'm like, I'm not impressed musically, or like technique wise, but but you're crying. Yeah, but yeah, it's like wow, you made a you moved emotion. me without saying anything. How'd you do that? Like it happened to electronic music. Like it doesn't matter like what style of music. It's like just can you? It's the message, and we all know the message. You don't have to be. I don't have to leave and be like, was I moved by that musical experience or not? It's like nah, man. It's like who's cutting onions in here? Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> you just you just know. You kind of hit on it a little bit earlier, but uh, it's always that saying like sometimes you do kill your darlings. So uh, how often do you guys sometimes like write a song and you're like, ah, it's not working and then come back to it? Or how often is it that time where you're just like, I don't think the song is just going to work. How, how many times are you throwing some of them away? I don't... My girl, Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> We're all laughing because that's exactly what it. we did to one of these songs called My Girl, Kansas. There was one moment where it was amazing. And we were all having the best time. We're like, this is the coolest jam. We need to make something out of it. And then all of a sudden, 
it, like the next time we played it, it was dog shit. And then we're like, we're like this is just derivative of other things that we've made. And, yeah. well, and then we tried to change it up, tried to change it up. And it just never worked for us. It's because we were vibing reason. on like uh, this fake movie with starring Vince Vaughn and like, oh, yeah. and, like <laughs> Reese Witherspoon or something called My Girl Kansas. And then we started yeah. jamming. I think that made it more fun. That's right. It yeah. was like an inside joke jam. Yeah. yeah. Not a real movie. I just made that up. <laughs> it sounds yeah. real though. It's like a girl Kansas. She's yeah. like from the Midwest. She moves to California. Vince Vaughn. And like this summer. Like, <laughs> And there's also definitely those times where we'll write a song. Uh, I'm definitely guilty of this. I'll write a song. It sounds weirdly similar to like other songs that I've been like writing at this moment in time. Like they kind of all have the same vibe. So then it's really kind of picking and choosing, all right, which ones are legit, which ones slap, yeah. and which ones can we just, you know. Are imposters of the one that slaps. Yeah. So, which one's yeah. fake Gandhi? We recycle, yeah, yeah, we recycle right, a lot, yeah. though. Like, we had that jam earlier, and I was like, that'd, that'd be a great intro for, you know, a, a show. And then we had sure, another jam, yeah. and it was like, that would be a great part in something else. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, I don't think we ever really just abandon anything entirely. Yeah, we definitely, like, keep stuff on the back burner now. Yeah, we've got, like, six ideas right now that we have on our whiteboard that we're sometimes too lazy to get to because it takes a lot of work to go in just have this idea that we had months ago and then suddenly revive it. Yo, listen you to the know? recordings being like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did we all do there? Yeah. I've got, I mean, there's a specific drum beat that I have that I've used in one song in the last three bands I've been in. Oh yeah. The one that I used on operator. Yeah. Yeah. I use, I've used that. I love that beat. It's awesome. And you guys played something that I was like, I'm going to put this in this now. Like I keep recycling that beat until it finds a, because it's just so much fun. It is yeah. a good beat, yeah. Oh, when you strike gold, you strike gold. Yeah, mm -hmm. what can you say? Yeah, you guys found me. Suck it, bass player that left the band earlier. <laughs> yeah, he still has my bass. <laughs> We're probably starting a lot of beef with this guy, and I'm not apologizing. I'm from New York. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, I'm like, from Philly, man. It. Like, like feed the fire. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> You're on our side, Kevin. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> when he comes around to beat me up, I'm going to buy you a plane ticket so you come out here and you can beat him up. <laughs> you guys have kind of talked about it a bit. How does it feel like seeing the audience like reciprocate that love for your actual lyrics, for your songs and all that, like seeing that happen? That's a great feeling. That's uh, it's, yeah, why we do it. You can get a bunch of people dancing and moving. Like that really is one of the best feelings in the world, I would say. Just the fact that you can watch people actively connect with something that you've created and you're just up there watching it happen you're you're a participant but you're also an observer in a sense yeah it's just a, way to put it. it is really one of the best feelings on earth one of my favorite some of my favorite shows actually are not from like the bigger ones that we've had or the ones at like the nicer venues but there was one a small house show that zach and i played once where uh, we brought out our inflatable alligator and the people were so excited. It was just me and him, two guitars, two microphones. They brought out our, our uh, inflatable alligator who we had people sign. And there <laughs> were these drunk guys just hammered, body slamming the thing yeah. just over and over. And it, it was the, the energy was off the, you know, yeah. off the charts. That it was, was crazy. Bad. Yeah. We had Lions party. A Lions yeah. layer. Uh, it's like my buddy Champion. A couple of people picked up Noah because he wanted to crowd surf, but there's like you know twenty oh, yeah, people our, in our front. Number one fan Noah. Yeah, yeah. and so people, they just picked him up, started crowd surfing him, 
like around like i guess you <laughs> would call it crowd surfing a very very tiny venue. yeah it's a very small <laughs> venue like i smashed my head on like one of the hanging speakers like twice like how, how <laughs> oh, god it was bad dude i was i think i have a, a level one concussion like i'm i remember everything but i don't feel good like, uh, uh but it's just yeah that kind of thing like that you know it's like it's not some i mean yeah it'd be great to have like hundreds of fans with crowd surfing going on but it was like the we had that energy that someone was like, I need, this needs to happen. And like, just watch like all the people who were in front of us standing up kind of like come in on this, like this really silly thing. It's just awesome, man. It's just, you can't beat it. And you get and people after shows too. I love when people come up to yes. me after a show. Yeah, yeah people we don't know, yeah. especially. Yeah, when someone you don't know comes up and they're like nervous to talk to you and just saying, you know, your guitar playing was one of the coolest things I've seen this month. And you're like, oh. This month. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey, man. special, it, but. In the, in the information <laughs> age, that's really important. Like, people's, like, attention span is, like, seven yeah. seconds, dude. So, a month? <laughs> and, that's, that's massive. it's been a great month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, my, but my buddy, like, nailed it years ago. He was like, well, he's like, I, I'm, like, kind of a nerd. I'm introverted. And I always wanted to go to parties and be cool and be the center of attention. But I don't like being the center of attention. I don't like the popular crowd. But. I play music, so now I get to hang out at the cool parties. Everyone knows who I am. I'm up on the stage, and I get to hang out, and I don't have to talk to anybody. Yep. And I was like, "That's a really good point, man." That's like you can be like the life of the party and not have to be like throwing out dumb jokes and like engaging. It's like no, it's it's kind of a cool little like way of you know being like the life of the party, but also not being like the like the full attention. Like, oh, just, but we do because we're funny. No, we are. We're, we're funny. super funny. Yeah. We're funny it. and very good looking too. <laughs> You know, especially hearing you guys' story, how you pretty much made this album on unemployment, you know, tooth and nail, each and every one of you really put in your effort and made it as a unit. So how do you guys, as musicians going through that, feel about more of the mainstream artists and their efforts of songwriting? Because, you know, I'm sure maybe not a lot of people know, but you look at the top 10 and almost always it's like six writers to a song. And it's the biggest song in the world, sure, but does it really feel genuine? I think it's awful. I, I, there's a few of them that I like every now and again, but it's like you just hired a team of people to get the right beat, to get the right lyrics, to then like hit people, and it's it's just not genuine. And I feel like 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 you're 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 kind of building a culture with a, like a false bottom. Uh, yeah, it's just gathering a bunch of people to come up with a formula, which is I mean that's cool and all, but. It's just kind of, I don't know, it, it's not a, it doesn't make a good name for what we're trying to do. I also think one of the bigger problems with it would be that, you know, there are these songs that do great and you go and you see these guys live and, you know, it's decent, but you can kind of just tell that the passion's not there uh, for, for lack of a better term because, you know, they didn't actually sit down and write it. Six guys in a suit did. And, it really does correlate with the way that the music feels. It doesn't feel full of emotion or anything. It does definitely feel like a formula. Like your brain's hearing it and you're like, okay, this is happening, but I'm not resonating with it as much as I would with other music. Yeah. I, I remember um, I was at a music festival. I saw the Lumineers play and their, their lead singers up there. He like takes his hat off when he's addressing the audience and, He's like, I wrote this song about my dad when he got cancer, and I want to share it with you guys. Everyone's like, sweet. This is like this, like a genuine moment. He was like tearing up. He plays a song for us. It's full of emotion. Uh, they finished their set. It was amazing. 
I walk over to the other side of the festival where a major EDM artist is playing. He's in like in between the two songs, he just goes up to the mic and goes, "Everybody jump!" And then, <laughs> and then he like starts another song, and I was like, "This is just so different from mm-hmm. the feel that I just got at the other stage." There's so many bands like I used to work at this local venue here in Denver called the Bluebird, and I I would see musicians I never heard of pack the house, and just completely like. It's just like an intimate thing. Like, you, like there's that guy and or the people who wrote the songs and like, they're, it's like a direct translation. You, know, you, you can feel that. And like, like, I have no idea who this guy is. Not my favorite type of music, maybe, or maybe it was all right. But, you know, I, I saw it so many times and I've also seen the opposite. I've seen people try out and just, they're in it for themselves or it's like a production. You can tell it is a production, which is fine. You want to go see a big, awesome movie and like on the IMAX and it's like crazy, you know, it's all blowing your mind. It's just like a sensory overload. And I feel like a lot of music is about that. It's just like, oh man, this is bigger than than me and I'm, I'm maybe it's just like these are small little fractions of what music is as a whole is all people need you know I'm like i'm like give me the whole course i want i want everything i want the production level i want the quality i want like the actual emotion and like like every little thing should be accounted for otherwise why should should i pay mm-hmm. but then, then some people just like want to come out and have a good time and that's all they care about it's, it's just background music for an environment which um, is great but yeah, like that happens uh, i think that's just like <clears throat> culture now i think that's yeah. why th- that's just so popular is because people are they just want that, you know, they want that quick release yeah. just a little bit. I think one big part of it too is like pop country um, where they found words and phrases that their demographic likes and will buy. And they've done market research and, you know, all of this stuff with big firms. And then you just hear, Hey there, girl, get in my truck in short shorts. We're going to go stare at the moon, drink a Coors Light. Friday night down the bonfire. Down by the river. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> You didn't write this. Though. I like it because it's relatable. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> it's, it's too relatable. Exactly. It's too real. Exactly. It's all on the surface. But then you hear John Prine and using the same instrument, talking the same language, and it's just like you just teleported me to another human being's mm-hmm. body. Like, yeah. like it's it's Great. amazing. Like what people can do with the same instrument, and it's like you know, look at the Ramones. Like they, they you can tell that they picked up their instruments and just put their fingers over strings and started hitting, and they it sounded right. And their songs are not difficult, but like they created a movement because of the attitude. Like Hendrix, I will argue, there's like plenty of other guitar players on his time that were doing some of the most like experimental things and pushing electric guitar to its boundaries. And like, but you don't really know about him, but Hendrix just brought an attitude and the attitude mm-hmm. translated into the music. And I feel like it's like your attitude's a big thing. And you can know like, that's him writing his stuff. And I've heard, how many times have you heard blues riffs? Like how many times, mm-hmm. like the same blues riff? And then still, Jackson showed me some guy like last week. I'm like, man, just when I thought I heard every blues riff you could possibly do, someone else comes along, you know. And it's just you can play the same thing people have been playing for a hundred years and still like add something into it, you know. And it's like, okay, that's real. Like, there's there's no denying it. Like, you just know it. You can feel it in your bones. Like so somebody else comes along and just blues your mind. Oh! <laughs> so what I, I I said, pay to come, blew, blow my mind, like. <laughs> Gandhi. <laughs> oh, oh God. Print it. <laughs> we just have, like, all of our merch is just different quotes with Gandhi on it. It's like, do you have any old 40? Any of the old 40? No, but we have like 18 different iterations of quotes that Gandhi did not you say whatsoever. of the shots you don't take. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get rich dad trying, Gandhi. Your, uh, your space opera arena tour is going to be on Gandhi's head. That's where you guys are going to perform. It's just like... <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. We just have like, a picture of Gandhi awesome. hanging about like a giant like twenty foot by twenty foot banner of Gandhi. With laser eyes. 
Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, I think you're getting a little away from the point of Gandhi. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're getting a little. Away. Like, no, we love him. We love. You're getting him. a little away <laughs> from the point of Old Forty. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you've never seen us before. Don't tell us how to do our art. <laughs> so the thing that pops up a lot when musicians are talking about their music is synesthesia, which is like the condition where info is like stimulated through your senses. So some people say like. When I listen to a song, I see the color red, or when I look at a certain picture, I hear like this kind of melody to it. So, how often does that play into your guys' art? Uh, I definitely get it sometimes. I whenever we pick a key, I think of a color. I, I don't, I don't know why. I definitely close my eyes when I solo. I don't see colors, but if you say that we're gonna play a jam in A, uh, my thoughts go to red for some reason. C, it's uh, orange. Uh, G is green. I don't, I don't know why. But it's just something that happens to me. Yeah. Is that the rock band uh, buttons? (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) not at all. (laughs) Yeah, you have synesthesia. Yeah, I've actually. Yeah, I started reading into it. I was like, so so this is not normal. Like, people don't have that sensation every day of like, especially when I was a kid. I always noticed that. I'm like, I can like feel like it's like a combination of like usually three or four senses. So if I'll, I'll, I'll you know, think of a color oh, purple yeah. and I'll, I'll have like a feeling of, of a place in time, like nostalgia feeling of like where something purple was like prevalent and I'll have like a bit of a flavor behind it. And it's like, I get like a bunch of like senses like above the nose behind the eyes. It's mm-hmm. like, they all kind of connect to the same channel at first. So I get like three, three out of like six or something like hmm. of different things that aren't related. I mean, honestly, when I first started learning, I actually made a little color coded, like, to like a bass neck and like color coded like all the scales yeah, because like there's seven notes just natural notes and there's seven natural colors and then there's like the phase in between and it's kind of weird how like the math and the colors line up like music that's what I'm saying like music is makes sense it just scientifically actually follows like the same kind of like mm-hmm. spectrum I guess as color does and they've done studies with like different like wavelengths like a pure like G actually is pure red if I remember correctly like certain actual like notations like vibrational frequencies per, per second actually are lower registers of color you know that's the thing what yeah what i I'm read saying, books I'm saying, I'm saying, no i'm saying g is green you said g is red and i was like oh, no, yeah. no 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 g is green but maybe you. <laughs> that is green because it starts with g <laughs> whatever f no f I mean, is this, this like uh it's like it's weird how color is like follows the same rules of sound just of different like tiers frequencies fre- yeah frequencies do y'all have anything you want to say to the people listening or folks that maybe getting into songwriting? Anything you want to tell them about songwriting? Write with people that you enjoy. I've been in so many bands with like three people who are amazing and one person who is like ruining my day. And inevitably that person is going to ruin the songs. Like you, if you get any negative energy out of there while you can, like yeah. don't don't try to like just because you think that, like, well, I'll put up with them for now. Just totally go with people who you vibe with. It yeah. helps so much. Yep. Disregard talent first and foremost. Unless that's what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> True. Definitely choose wisely because it just makes it such a such a more fun and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Productive? Not productive. Fulfilling. Fulfilling. Wow. There you go. A much more fulfilling <laughs> Productive, experience. fun word. Yeah, yeah, that is a productive, fun word. Fulfilling? Yeah, it was, a, it was the words that we were trying to find. Yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. Look yeah. at us. You see that right yeah. there? You, you listen to it. You hear that? 
listeners. That's that's us vibing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right there. That's it in practice. <laughs> um, other advice I would have is just uh, don't be scared. You know, a lot of people are nervous to go out and chase it, but there's you know it's your life. So my first open mic was absolutely terrifying. Yeah, you keep going through it. It definitely becomes a big part of your life at some point. Hopefully it becomes, you know, if anybody's on the edge, hopefully it becomes a big part of your life soon enough. Yeah, whenever, because I've done lessons and stuff, got kind of people moving in the right direction. And the only two pieces of advice I always start people with is never forget how to listen. Because once you start playing music, you'll you'll listen differently. You'll be like, mm -hmm. how is this going to make me better at my instrument? And it's like, at shows, my friends always found me. Because you look at the bass player and draw a straight line, and you, you'll find me in that line, you know? Like, I'm just sitting there watching. And, you know, always make sure you remember how to listen and enjoy music. But... Another thing too is find all your inspirations, research them and find out who inspired them. Yes. Always look at your inspirations, yep. inspiration. You'll find that the, any musician worth their salt is going to be like, I'm not good. Listen to this guy, you know? And that's like when I first got into bass, I was obviously listening to Flea and saw his interview and Flea just starts naming all these jazz musicians. I'm like, who are these people? You know, I'm like Charles Mingus. I'm like, I've heard that name, you know? And man, like not only will you discover a lot of music that you never heard of, but you'll see where your influences got their music, and they kind of let, become less of like demigods almost, and become like, oh, I can see like where he's, and it becomes more approachable, and you can be like, oh, I can actually do this. They're not just above me anymore, you know. It's like they they took their inspiration from someone, they started somewhere, and mm -hmm. and seeing that like your your inspirations, inspirations in those inspirations, you know, if that makes sense, it's like, yeah, it, it, it's it's like, that means that's that's a good way of knowing, like, okay, well, you got the year for it. You what know? do rappers say? Is uh, like respect the game? No, like uh, I don't know the ones <laughs> it who slaps it slaps. Oh yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. no. The don't most hate important play, ludicrous the lyric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you trying to say don't hate the play, I hate the game? No, it's like pay homage to oh. to like You're not very at, you're not you're in the rap game very much. I'm right? not. <laughs> no. Clearly. Or well, heard a rapper once say, like, like well, a rapper once said. <laughs> I, I accidentally watched the MTV. <laughs> you ever seen VH1? I do want to give a quick shout out since we are talking about songwriting. One of my favorite songwriters unfortunately passed away in MF Doom. I don't know if you guys oh, listen man. to him, but oh yeah, I do. One of the most He's technical. Like, if you want to talk about songwriting, if you want to talk about like yeah. you had mentioned earlier, putting syllables yeah. in specific places. Yeah, the dude's internal rhyme is is stupid. Like he'll have eight words that rhyme with each other in two lines, and then the, the end of one of those lines, the word at, at the end of one of those lines rhymes with another one at the end. It's like he can't help but rhyme everything that comes out of his mouth. And his, and his imagery, man, that guy's imagery was insane. Like, Dang. I've never heard anyone rap the word spigot like him. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just awesome. Like, yeah. like, can you dig it like a spigot? My guess is yes, you can. Like, can I kick it wicked? And I'm like, and he just, his whole, whole songs are like that. Dude. It's fucking insane. Folks, that right there was bars. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. I, I hope y'all take that advice seriously, um, especially the taking the risk, because, you know, I literally was sitting in my room in quarantine, much like these guys were in making the album. And I said, I'm going to start a podcast. And here we are. We're recording. We're talking. We're, we're getting this information out there. So that's all it takes, man. You just got to go out there and you just got to do things you want to do with friends and start talking with them. Start getting some ideas out there. Yeah. And for getting ideas out there, Kevin starts this podcast. He's on episode three and he invites us on which was just awesome. And on top of that though, uh, for anyone who's listening, he, he went through our whole album and listened to it. And we had asked for genuine feedback. He's the, he's like one, of, is he the only person who gave us like a 
whole list of yeah. feedback yeah. for yeah. every single Miles, song. Yeah. Him and Miles. Which yeah. was just awesome. Yeah, him and, and yeah, yeah, Jackson's like, cousin Miles. Yeah. And it was so cool of him to do that. So for whoever's listening to this, he's also a really nice guy, even though you don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very good listener, has good comprehension skills. Stop. Yeah, and he and he does know about music too, because um some of his pointers actually were helpful for yeah. when we were mixing the album. Especially because I got for what Nate told me is like you're not really as much into rock as much as like I guess like rap and hip hop and I was like that's even that's even better like have someone who is a little disconnected from it you know and mm-hmm. so that's that's what music is man it's like I, I've how many times I've like we've had conversations and just talked about like music we don't know or would never normally listen to like these guys Zach Jackson are always playing this country music after a while I'm like actually this is kind of a good song yeah and I think about it like <laughs> you know I just like you know I hated bluegrass and I moved to southwest Virginia now I love bluegrass you know and it's, it's cool you know like how to get different perspectives and by that we're all combining together and like making each other like better artists through the process and that's why Kevin's great yeah yeah hey, your well, album better well, Kevin I hope you know that <laughs> Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for bringing attention to PlannedParenthood.org. Uh, you can also check them out on the app. Download the Planned Parenthood app. Please check out those services. Donate. Volunteer if you can. And also check out Old 40. They just put out an album. They March 4th, they released that album. It's out there for you to listen to on any streaming service you got. You can also go to their website, see what they got, buy some music from them, you know, help these guys out. They, they're working hard on this music, and it sounds freaking amazing, so... Oh, no, thank you for having us on. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you so much. So much fun. Of course. Now, as always, you can check us out on Spotify, SoundCloud, RSS.com, YouTube, Apple. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can also check these guys out on Instagram and Facebook. Old 40 is all you got to look up. Normally, we end the show right here and we play some of Brooks' music. But since we're interviewing a band, I got to talk about the music that they want to play for us here on the show, which I'm very grateful for. So, guys, let's... And we definitely want to ask them a little bit about songwriting for Can't Stop Now. So, guys, uh, how did how did the process for writing this song go? This one started with Zach. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, missing my my lady. She lives Reno, Reno. Nevada. Yes, that's where she lives. Out there, that's her <laughs> place of residence. I'm not going to give specifics over the air. Uh, 321 North Broad Street. Yes, no, yes, <laughs> he, he missed his girlfriend, yeah, so he wrote lyrics about her, it. So I wrote lyrics to it. And um, what you know, our airport when you wrote it? Yeah, yeah, I was about ready to hop on a plane and coming back over to Denver and just like, you know, the moment struck. So boom. And then I wrote those lyrics and mm. gave them over to Jackson, and he had this like kind of country sound i think i i think i came up with it when you showed me the lyrics you 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 showed me the lyrics and you said i want this bluegrassy kind of style and i just came up with it right then and there which sometimes happens but i'm Mm -hmm. glad that i did in this one and then and then you asked for a different part and i was like oh man now i gotta come up with more stuff and then (laughs) but (laughs) i really like the lyrics a lot so it was uh it wasn't too hard for me to come up with the kind of vibe that i wanted with uh with the guitar and then we brought it to the boys and yeah. we we messed with it for like months yeah i want to say there were little tweaks here and there the dynamics of the song the flow and the tempo and everything we were dialing in yeah, it changes. Yeah. this yeah. is the only one that we have in the album that changes tempo well then also when we recorded it you busted out the 12 string too yeah <clears throat> oh yeah no i brought it no Did that you? was my acoustic my acoustic that I've had, my, my first guitar. Yeah. The 12 string was Oklahoma. 
Oh, yeah, weird. so Can't Stop Now, yeah. I brought out the acoustic because it's got such a like a country vibe. And we used to throw on distortion for our solos and do the rock kind of stuff. But then at one point, we just decided, no, we're going to keep this one simple and a little more raw because of what the lyrics mean. Yeah, and definitely kind of like rock kind of sound. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just I really love the way that it came together. Hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you again for stopping by in the pod. Folks, here we go with some old 40. Can't stop now.
And I know that you're always facing to the east And I'm always shouting west Hope we can find something in our lives Love, yeah, love we can contest But we can't stop now Lord knows we've come too far to just stop now And lower down the bar into the places And the spaces that we said we'd never go Into the places and the spaces That we said we'd never go Goodbye and good night! <laughs> <laughs>